And if you are if you are practicing it and you can help push the movement forward, I think it's fine to, to talk about. But I, I unfortunately see a lot of companies that preach all of the, the trendy things, um, but don't really practice it in, in reality. And that probably could be a whole whole separate conversation. Welcome to 33 Tangents, a roundtable discussion covering a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Your hosts, Jason Thompson, John Moran, Jen Coons, and myself, Jim Driscoll, all live in different areas of the world, but work together in the same company. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. That's, that's the whole point of it, to, to entice conversation. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I think I missed that one. You missed that I, one? I never yeah, post I think the, I did. I have to go back and look. I never post the boring things that I eat, the things that look so hmm. familiar, you know. It's all the... Yes, all the wild-looking stuff. Jason, is it cold where you're at? No. Oh, okay. I just maybe with the hat on. It's uh, 64 degrees. No, okay. I mean. Ah, there you go. I mean, if you want to know why I have the hat on, it's because oh. we were podcasting and I haven't had a chance to, like, do myself up all nice and pretty. <laughs> so, therefore, yeah, you it, get the hat. Okay. It's actually warmer where you're at than where it is where I'm at right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's like. I went to the gym this morning and it was like 50 degrees outside. Well, you'll catch up quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they're talking a high of 58 today. Oh, really? Yeah, no, it, it's like unseasonably cold right now. Yeah, we're supposed to be in the high 70s for the next three or four days. And then we drop down into the low 50s and then down into the 40s for highs, which is a good thing. I'm learning, um, I'm being more attuned to weather patterns um, in that, you know, we're, we dealt with fires last at the end of last year, and now we're really mm-hmm. concerned about flooding. Um, and this year I, I'm hearing is an ideal spring of what it's supposed to be like in, in, in Utah, where you have these peaks and valleys of, you have temperatures start to gl- gradually warm up and get into the high seventies. And then they'll back off for a few days and drop as low as highs in the forties and then go back up. And you have this like kind of roller coaster. And what it does is it slowly brings down the snow melt snowpack over a, a longer period of time. So you don't mm. have it all running off all at once. Gotcha. Especially after, yeah, with the fires. Yeah. Yeah, that's a major concern. Um, is uh, lots of ru- ru- lots of runoff, and we've had, I think most places are at least one hundred and fifty percent of normal snowpack. Some places as high as like two thousand percent of snowpack. It's it was a it was a crazy winter. Wow. So that's my uh, story. But anyway, I'm I'm uh, I've been following more weather patterns, which I'm sure this would have looked normal in the past and I just never would have noticed it. But now I'm like, okay, I see what's going on here. And I guess this is a good thing. Is it like 147 degrees in in Bangkok? (laughs) I was going to say, it actually, it's cooler today because it was raining a little bit earlier, but it's, uh, yeah, it was, it's 91. So 
still still warmer than, than you guys, but <laughs> it actually feels relatively. It felt very humidity? nice. No, that was a. Uh, I don't know. It actually wasn't that humid after after it stopped raining. It was it was very comfortable, very comfortable. Ninety one. Fair enough. Well, comfortable when it's, it's been like 115 every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, that's not a Kit Kat. No, that's another. I'm just, I just have a bunch <laughs> of candies. We need to, Jim. We need to remember to bring a whole basket full of snacks to the to the uh, podcast studio when we record. We, now I'm like, we getting... we we do. Um, right now, I've just got my cup of coffee, my third one for the day. Yeah, I've got uh, got my coffee and. Uh, I, I'm I'm not much of a soda drinker, but I, I I'm a sucker maybe like John for like all the flavors. So mm. these like tall skinny diet cokes. There's like eight different flavors. This one's zesty blood orange. So, I didn't know they had yeah, that. I've seen those. Yeah, there's like blood orange. There's uh, ginger lime. There's mango. There's a bunch of different ones. So I'm 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 a sucker and I'm trying them out even though I don't drink a lot of soda. Um, now you do. So yeah. Well, so, so you guys know I'm gluten free, right? Yeah. I, I've got a yeah. gluten mm-hmm. allergy. Yeah. Um, so I learned something a couple weeks ago that soda is not necessarily gluten free. You think of like gluten containing foods as like the breads and things oh, like that. Everything. Um, there, there's some kind of like malt they use uh, for the, the, food, the caramel coloring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially like in your colas. And I'm like, okay then, because I mean, I've, I I cut out soda years ago, but every now and then would have an occasional one and just thought it was just the crap that's in soda that was making me feel tired. I'm like, okay, well it's, you know, it's the gluten in addition to the other crap within the soda. That sucks. So now it's like, I definitely avoid it. Well, there's like, apparently there's so many things like you, I mean, can you have like a malt? I I, I, could um, probably have a shake with no malt in it. Right. Uh, correct, but like malt vinegar, uh, I can't have. Oh my uh, gosh, Jim! Uh, right, uh, your standard Rice Krispie treats, I can't have those because they use a barley can't. malt to coat them. So you have to specifically get the gluten-free ones. Wow. Well, I'm sorry. Hmm. You know, and I mean, like for, for the most part, I don't miss most of it because my head is so much clearer when I don't eat that stuff. It's like. I don't want to go back to feeling that way. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's what keeps me going. But every now and then, I'm like, I miss a really good piece of pizza, or I miss a really good cheesesteak. But overall, it, 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 it's, it's good. <laughs> Fair enough. So uh, we've, we've gotten quite a bit of feedback that, uh, well, we had our, our one-year show um, mm-hmm. and did a little post-up on some of our most popular topics that we've discussed over the last year mm-hmm. and uh got a little bit of conversation going on social as well and some of our top episodes actually aren't even analytics related um and maybe that makes sense you know a wider audience has a a, a different taste um, but we got a lot of feedback that we people wanted us to talk more about culture company culture how we do things how we look at things differently um mm-hmm. So what do, what do you have on, on tap for today? So I want to use me as a bit of a guinea pig today. Um, I, I want to talk about, you know, and again, I know at this point, um, the term work-life balance has become cliche, 
but let's start with that. So, you know, I, I feel like the concept of work-life balance started out like all things do is something well-intentioned, you know, making sure that people weren't working the, the, their lives away. But I feel in recent years, it's become excessively cliche. It's cliche to, 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 to talk about work-life balance. And really, I've seen it used as a major recruiting tactic um, used by, by companies. You know, we offer a work-life balance, but they don't define what it is. And, and let's be honest, work-life balance means something for everybody, especially for people like us who enjoy what we do. I mean, sometimes it, it, it's easy for me to work late because I enjoy what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm actually having having fun with it. Um, so I want to talk a bit about like work-life balance. What does that mean? We could talk about it from the employee perspective, the employer perspective. But let's also use me as a bit of an example um, about how to maintain balance in your life when a major life event hits you. Um, you know, we, we talked in recent weeks about how, you know, my, my wife and I had had our first child and it, it's a bit of an adjustment. And, and I've mentioned multiple times, I know I'm not the first to go through this and I'm not going to be the last either. So I think having this conversation could be helpful too. Um, now for me, like we, we started our family later in life toward the end of our thirties, uh, which is not out of the norm, but it's also not the norm. Most people, you know, start their families much, much younger. So for 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 both of us, we've both been able to set a pattern, you know, for the way we we run our lives. Um, and me, when it came to work, I have also made no bones about it that I'm a bit of a workaholic. Um, and for me, time was never a factor. I had all the time I needed whether that meant working late and getting stuff done to, to, to get stuff done. I had all the time I needed. Well, that, that's changed drastically in the last five weeks. I, I no longer have unlimited amounts of, of, of time to, to get things done. I need to, I need to adjust. And it, it, it's been a bit of an adjustment. So, I mean, I just, I, I just throw a lot out there. One particular example, which we can dig into, but yeah, let, let's start off with, just work-life balance at, at a high level. What does that mean to, to everybody? Oh man. Yeah. And I think that's a lot to unpack and there's a couple of things that I wanted to touch on. Maybe I'll let uh, John jump in first, but I wanted to touch on one of the things you brought up around a recruiting tool. Um, for, for me, it's, it's more important to practice these things than to talk about it. Um, and if you are, if you are practicing it, and you can help push the movement forward. I think it's fine to, to talk about, but I, I unfortunately see a lot of companies that preach all of the, the trendy things, um, but don't really practice it in, in reality. And that probably could be a whole whole separate conversation. Um, but I, I think we were talking about this a few days ago, and um, there was a, a tweet from Evan LaPointe. This was back on May 7th, and I like the way he put it. He said, uh, instead of talking about things in a work-life balance scenario, have we considered seeking fulfillment rest balance? And and his whole point was that, you know, you go out and you focus on creating value in your life or in the lives of other people. And then when you need to, you then take time to recharge. And once you're fueled up again, you go and create value again. So it's less about creating timelines to say, okay, I'm going to work during this period that I'm going to take time off and do something else. It's more of... I'm going to understand what I can do and what my fuel tank looks like. And I'm going to go out and create value, whatever that looks like. And when I need to recharge, 
I want to have the flexibility of saying I need to recharge. And, and it's an interesting way of, of looking at things, I think. I really like that framework, <clears throat> but I guess I would say it's, it's really difficult to practice that fulfillment value balance if as a consultant or in a, in a services organization versus doing something entrepreneurial, it seems like. In that there's why, like, because of we have, it feels like we have made. more, more constraints and, and time commitments. I might take a slightly uh, different view than you, than, than you might expect in this conversation. So <laughs> just disclaiming that, but, um, so you're I... going to make Jim happy for being antagonistic? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe this time. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think we, I mean, I, I don't know how to, how to, how to build up to the, the punchline properly, but I mean, I, I think the way that we're structured, we have a lot of flexibility within the constraints that we have, but we still have some milestones that are static to some degree, whether they be yeah. status meetings, regular deliverables, and, you know, it's usually at a pretty quick pace. So to me, the idea of, you know, sprinting and then resting until you're charged up and sprinting again sounds great, but it seems like you'd need more control over, you know, the full um, range of your, the full spectrum of your, your, your timeline, basically, or your, like everything that you're doing. Like I, 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 it wouldn't be scalable for me to say, you know, I'm just gonna not work on this client for a few weeks until I charge up again. No, but it may be scalable to to do it at a smaller level, maybe, right? Potentially, yeah. I mean, if it's a half a day or a day, you know, say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this day off. I need to recharge. Um, that's more that's feasible, point. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, in this in the smaller yeah time time chunks. Yeah, well, I, so getting back to your original point, um, Jim, for for me it's it's about autonomy. Um, but to John's point, there there are constraints, and I think it's important to talk about that. And that sure, if we were all independently wealthy and we could do whatever we wanted, then it's a, a different conversation. We remove those those constraints, but we all we're all deal, dealing with a certain set of constraints based on what it is that, that we're being paid to do. At, at 33 Sticks, we have clients that are paying to uh, for us to help them mature their use of, of data and become smarter with how they think about data. And, and we have constraints because they have constraints, right? They have things that they're um, trying to accomplish. So we, we have to live within that. Um, however, it, as much autonomy as we can have within that, I believe is in in my mind the work life balance that we're striving for, um, and I always compare it. And I think I shared the story on the podcast with a, a previous job where we were literally forced to be at our desk, not just in the office, but at our desk between certain periods of time. And I I think I shared the story where someone said, "Well, what if I have a dentist appointment at nine in the morning?" And the response was, "Work with your dentist. See if they'll come in earlier. Work on the weekends." Um, that's not work-life balance, right? You know, work-life yeah, balance. I love that is, story, by the way. It's being able. I, to, I still get, I get a kick out of every time I hear it's, it. It's a great story, and it sets a really good anchor point for, for the extremes. But to me, it's it's both at the micro level, so the day to day that I can create my own day, 
And and again, to John's point, there are constraints. You know, we we may have meetings that we've committed to attend. We may have client deliverables that we've committed to getting done. But within that day, I should have some sort of control over what my day looks like. So if I want to take the afternoon off, if I want to take an early lunch, if I want to whatever, I, I should be able to design that. And then at the more macro level, having the ability to schedule my time a little bit more freely. One of the things that I think is is great about our setup is that um, we do have that ability. And I, I've seen you, Jim, personally take advantage of that, where you've worked directly with the clients that uh, are, are under your care and you've you've built a timeline that you know in a couple months, you know what, I'm going to Disneyland for 10 days. And and we should have that autonomy and flexibility to build that into our, our schedules. So uh, again, being being fair to John's point that we have constraints, um, we, sh- we still should have flexibility to work around that to the best of our ability and not have that dictated to us. So that was a mm-hmm. lot. No, no, it, it, it's a lot. And um, I th- th- that's the first I've heard um, Evan's take on it, and you know, we had uh, we had a chat with him last week, and he he always has the, the, those pearls of wisdom. So I, I really really like that one, and I do see John's point too. Like you know, it, it, we, we can't necessarily be in say one hundred percent control of the schedule, but I still like Evan's perspective, and it's a bit of making it your own, um, where we're you're not tied to to email. Um, you're, you're not tied to responding to an email. Like, you know, one very specific example is, as I've worked with clients to set the expectation that, you know, I, I, I don't run my day via email. So if there's something you send via email, it, it may take a day or two to, for me to get back to you, but I will get back to you. Now, that being said, if there's like a walls burning down kind of emergency, here's the bat phone, you know, here's the, here's the way to get a hold of me that I know that it's an emergency. And it's something where we need to stop what, 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 what we're doing. And that, that gives me the ability to kind of plan out, like, these are the key things I need to get done this week. But then there's a little bit of buffer time for those things that just come up and are out of your control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and for me, I think it's about setting those proper expectations with, with everyone you work with, not only internally, but, but externally, I think it's important to, to have that conversation. Um, and, and ultimately, again, the idea is that we want to have a bit more control over how we design things. And it's a, it's an interesting conversation because historically, I believe we've looked at, we, we have a work life and we have a personal life and they're, they're two separate things. You know, we put on a costume and we go to work and we're one person, then we take that off and we go home and we're a different person. But with the landscape, the way things are that those those two different roles have have really melded together it's there's a it's hard to separate especially in our in our setup where we're 100 percent remote and distributed it's really really challenging to pull those two roles apart and so rather than trying to bucket those into distinct things look at it as this is my life and i'm going to create balance within my life of different things that that i do and contrast that to organizations that are are mandating um, where you you have more of a view as your employment is your life, and I, I believe I posted some stuff about um, the the Alibaba CEO and the I can't remember the eighty some the crazy work schedule that they have in Asia where it, it, it's it's like I'm gonna have to look it up, but they're they're working. It's like a like, twelve hour work day. Yeah, for like six days a week, like twelve hours a day, six days a week, something something insane. Um, but also I'm seeing it in the in the Bay Area. Um, 
um, salaries for engineers have skyrocketed in the Bay Area, and they're they're um, they're offering all these perks, and then then and then in the fine print it basically says, but you live here, you know, and and by the way, we're building dorms here, so you can stay here the whole the, all the time, you know. So we're seeing even a shift to that in in Silicon Valley and other areas where. There, there's less and less balance. Yeah, you might have a lot of great perks. You know, I may have on-site restaurants and I can get my clothes washed and a gym, but I never leave work. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess that's okay. We never leave work either. As long as you create that balance and that's where you want your life centered. Um, but it's important to have that conversation of what that blending of work and life means for a unified, this is just my life and I need to have things in balance. Mm-hmm. This might be a common quote, but it's one that I always refer to, um, and you might have heard it, but it's um, that the goal is to work to live, not live to work. Um, that's kind of how I define uh, the work-life balance a little bit. Yeah, I like that. I'm not yeah. sure who originally said that off the top of my head, but I'm sure Google will help with that. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, a good one. Um, and I have... A, I'm sure you you all know at this point. I'm I'm a huge fan of of Patagonia, um, and and the culture that they've developed. And you know they take a, a very similar view of things. In fact, he lost shared a video with me the other day where it was highlighting their on-site daycare, and it their their setup is amazing. It looks like they're at this lodge in the in the mountains, and they have kids running around and building things and climbing on rock walls, and they're like. This is our life, and it's just all in balance, and it's it's amazing, and we're we're doing this to provide opportunities for us and them, and I, I I love that that it's you know we're not we're not spending all of our time just to work, um that we're we're trying to create experiences, and from that we're trying to to do good things, um, I'm interested, I'm interested in your in your take, John, because I think you've had a lot of polar opposites and we, we bring this up in several of the episodes where you were kind of deep in the Silicon Valley lifestyle maybe not lifestyle but that kind of world um, and you went to a far extreme of being completely untethered and for a little while truly did the uh, the digital nomad thing bouncing around uh, I'm, I'm interested in, in what you've seen through your experience of the pros and cons because I, I can't believe that having all this autonomy and work-life balances the way we look at it has 100% pros. I'm sure there's some downsides, but w- what have you seen like comparing and contrasting the two completely different worlds? Yeah, that's that's interesting that you bring that up, and it's definitely very true. Um, for years, I, you know, more than a decade, worked in Silicon Valley, uh, a variety of places, a variety of different environments, different size companies, and it progressively, I don't think by nature of the company is I was at, but just more of the how time evolved and uh, the entire area and tech matured and got more competitive, that it just became more and more demanding um, until it got to a breaking point for me where I kind of, yeah, shut it out. I took time off um, from work. And that's kind of when we started talking about me joining 33 Sticks. Um, And I remember saying that I wanted to do something very different. I was actually even considering not like just leaving tech completely. I was that burned out at the time. Um, but we found this kind of interesting idea, medium to, like you said, take the exact opposite and you know travel 100% of the time, basically. 
looking back, I did that for about a year, um, which got, uh, well, it was, it was, I think, very necessary for me at the time to take a step back. Um, I think because I felt like I had no freedom before to, to really experience, uh, I hate to use the word life, because I think life happens anywhere, but just to kind of uh, be more adventurous, I guess, around the world, which was, to me, something that I always wanted to do. So I never had the freedom to do that before. You know, the the this uh, great autonomy allowed that to happen. But I guess the the biggest downside is that there's really no structure. And I think for me, compared to... I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think, um, you know, I had the least experience of us working in a very autonomous way, like completely autonomous. So for me, it was a struggle to find a structure where none existed. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And so let's go back to how you open this gym, because I think this is a really great contrast between you and, and John. So, you know, John had this ultimate kind of freedom and he had this palette to to basically design in a deliberate way um this this balance let's contrast that with you so you're you're saying you know my new life scenario is that this balance is being forced upon me right so um you're you're kind of coming at it from the angle of now i have these different forces in play here that are kind of making me think about that balance you know is is the thought process different uh, absolutely. Um, and it, it, it's been an adjustment and I'll be honest with you, like in the months leading up to the baby arriving, uh, I, I, I panicked a couple times. Cause like I said, I always relied on my very lax schedule and not lack schedule in the, well, you know, I'm just screwing around. So I have to work late tonight. It's the fact that oh, I've got nothing going on tonight. I can throw another three hours at something and to, to, to get it done so I can say it's done or, yep, there's a fire burning and I, I can keep going. When the baby came, I mean, several thoughts went through my head. And again, I'm using a very specific example here. Um, you know, the, the, the one is like, I got one shot at this. Like, there's no reset button. And, you know, that, that, that's one thing that thought that goes through your, your, your mind is like, I've got one shot at this. I don't want to screw it up. But then the thing is, too, is like, you know, yeah, I, I have to shut down by a certain point uh, because now I've got, you know, responsibilities, you know, that are just as important and sometimes maybe, you know, just more important than than, than work and that I need to go take care of, at, at, you know, either before I, I do work or and again, I'm I'm kind of just all over the place today. Um, uh I'm the type of person who does thrive on, on a bit of structure while we don't have say a, uh, a firm start time, a firm end time, just having like a bit of a time box to say, this is when I get stuff done. That's what helps me get stuff done. That's so it helps me be successful. Um, so that being said, yeah, with, with, with this major change, it's like, I need to, I need to change the way I do things. Um, I need to become much more vigilant on what I'm working on. I need to be much more vigilant with the prioritization of what I do to make sure I'm doing the most important, uh, the most important things, the, the most critical things. Because if you think about it, 
uh, it's easy to fall into the mindset of just movement for the sake of movement, uh, sure. checking items off a list, check items off a list, where before, say, you know, I can get, you know, two, you know, two things that, you know, two things that come out of a conversation with a client, get them both done in, in a day. That's not necessarily possible anymore. Um, and I'm talking very hypothetically. Um, it, it's now more of, okay, of these two things that we talked about, what's most important? And actually that, that came up the other day with a client, they're piloting some new functionality on the site and we've got in, some very critical items in the queue that are in, in process right now. So we're like, okay, with this pilot, like, wh what are we talking about here? Like how critical is this compared to those other items? And when we started to lay things out on the table, they're like, yeah, actually it's not, let's just put it on the back burner for right now. Chances are we may not even go forward with it. It's something like that, like having those conversations and pushing for those conversations to make sure that my time is spent, you know, wisely. So, I mean, does that answer your question? It it, it does. Um, and I and I want to take this in a couple of different ways. But before before I do, I I want to mention that while we're trying to figure this out and we're constantly thinking through how do we have the right balance of things and sometimes we go to the extreme and I think we've all probably said it to each other it's like oh I'm I'm burned out I've kind of stretched a little too far I think we're doing really Im important work in this area and I think it's critically important that that we talk about it and while you guys may not see the fruits of, of what we do I, I get the chance to see that every once in a while and you know I'm always talking about the fact that we just happen to be really good in, in the analytics space and helping companies use data and optimize their digital presence. Uh, but we feel our mission is something far greater than that. Um, and as I'm talking with prospective employees, I'm like, look, I'm assuming that you're really, really good at analytics. But what's more important to us is that we're here to change people's lives for, for the better and create amazing experiences for people. And this is our vehicle to do that. And, you know, I, I hear from people maybe once a week where I'm getting feedback on the things we're talking about, uh, the things that we do to challenge the norm of how consulting is done, the things that we do to challenge the norm of how business is done. And, you know, every once in a while I hear from someone saying, you know, it's, it's really inspiring. I, I really look up to what you guys are building. And I don't say this to toot our own horn. I say this to... To, to like help understand that it's important that we're having these conversations and that we're struggling through some of these things that are difficult because it is making an impact on people's lives and they're they're really taking a lot of um, a lot of vision from from what we're doing and saying there is a better way um, and I should take a picture of it but I every time I get one of these communications I print it out and I put it on the the wall behind my computer so I can look at it as a reminder of you know really why we're we're doing these things because it is touching people's lives and is having a, a really good impact on on the world even at a small scale and and for me that's what is exciting and and motivates us or motivates me to do what we do so I would love to take a few minutes in this conversation. Again, we, we're kind of looking at this from multiple different backgrounds and angles. Um, but what what advice would would we have to our listener? Um, you know, maybe not everyone's at a thirty three sticks where we have this great sense of autonomy. Maybe everyone listening isn't their own boss or entrepreneur. 
but that shouldn't take away hope that they can be deliberate in how they design their day and how they push for more autonomy um, and freedom in their roles. And I, you know, I continually go back to Todd at, at, at the monitor. Um, and, and I don't know if he would agree with me or not, but I, I, I believe that he took a lot of our energy and what we're doing to help push for his situation where he moved his family to Hawaii for a year. I'm like, that's amazing. You know, working for a very old established company, he was able to make that happen. So from our experiences, what what would we say to the person that works at the 50,000 person company that may say, this is great guys, but you work for a tiny little company where you're all distributed. It's not going to work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I, I think of, and it's just as I was starting to write up notes for this episode, I, I kept coming back to, I feel like at this point, the term work-life balance has been hijacked by there's 50,000 people, companies and the recruiters within them um, as as a selling point. But yet it's it's vaguely defined. So for the person who say, let's focus on someone who's just looking for, for a new position somewhere. And you see the the idea of work-life balance. You know, we, we, we support work-life balance. My, my advice is ask the hard questions on exactly how do they define work-life balance? Is their definition of work-life balance aligned with yours? Um, cause you know, work-life balance to them could mean, Hey, we've got ping pong tables and we've got a kegerator and we've got that kind of stuff, but you're still tethered to a desk from eight 30 in the morning till six o'clock at night. Um, that may not align with work-life balance as you need it, which may be, I, I need to work from home three days a week because of my work wife's work schedule. And I've got to pick up the kids from school. So that's work-life balance for me. I'll still get stuff done. I just can't come into an office. Like that's that that's the the first thing I think of is is really push for you know the the company either you work for or if you're if you're looking for a new job, what is their definition of of work-life balance? Because odds are, I think right now you would probably find it it's not aligned with your definition of it. I really like that. That's 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 a very important point i think because there are a lot of different different definitions of work-life balance like you said um you know all those perks in the office are totally satisfactory to many people but not practical for someone that wants to you know leave early to pick up their kids from school or or whatever um so yeah i think that's that's very important i was also kind of thinking of another tactic i think in terms of pushing towards autonomy, no matter what kind of company you're at, is just being a little bit more intentional with your time, time management. And I think probably practically that means something I did before too, is kind of just with meetings. And I still do that now, as you guys know, it's like, just don't accept every meeting right away. Um, And maybe, you know, and there's different ways to go about that, maybe block off personal time i mean time to do you know heads down work time to do whatever else but i think just creating those gaps um in your schedule and not being pulled meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting uh, and being double booked and triple booked which so many people are um i mean so many people i think go through their days in the office and it's you know 5 30 and they're like i didn't do anything today except sit in meetings uh I think that does have a huge impact. Obviously, some meetings are critical, but not all of them are. Sometimes people tend to add, you know, everyone they think might be, you know, relevant into a meeting when not everyone needs to be there. Some meetings can be accomplished through emails, whatever. So I think tactically, 
It's asking whoever's scheduling the meeting, you know, making sure there's a, there's a defined purpose that you have a defined reason to be there and um, maybe pushing for them to happen in certain blocks of time. I did that a lot, uh, both prior to 33.6 and now too, in just terms of uh, managing schedules better is just, you know, trying to block off certain amounts of time because it's just the, the time just flies when you're in yeah. a meeting <laughs> and I, a very, I, very important time. I, I have a crazy idea that what if the purpose of the meeting for a lot of these meetings is to fill time? Yeah. That's, that's right. Because I, think, I, I tend to think that sometimes too. Yeah. I, I think we've been, I think we've been trained to fill an eight hour workday. You know, if we're, if we look at the business professional business world, we've been trained to fill an eight hour workday. And if, if the conversation is less about what we're accomplishing and the value we're creating and what we're doing and more about, I worked eight hours, then a lot of times we come up with these things and meetings, meeting is a great time filler to fill that time. And, and I, I like John's word where he's talking about intentionality, being intentional in how you work. Um, that to me is, is a very important part of the work-life balance conversation because again, it, it shouldn't be about filling eight hours a day. It should be, what are we trying to accomplish? And can I accomplish that by working two hours this day and seven hours the next day? And then that's what we should be doing. You know, we should be intentional in how we're using that time to get to a certain point, to solve a certain problem, to create a certain set of value. Definitely caveats to this this line I'm going to say, but I think generally meetings have the same impact on your productivity than, you know, than TV or social media would in many ways. Most of the time. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think they can be highly valuable if they're focused and we're trying to solve a problem and, and we're communicating clearly. But again, just look how most meetings are scheduled. You know, we schedule them 30 minutes, an hour, like a very specific. I'm like, why, why are we doing that? It's just the custom that we've we've been trained that this is how things work and we're filling these blocks of time. And again, I, I really, really, really like your use of the word intentional in that that really, I think, is the key to unlocking a lot of this, quote, work-life balance is, is being intentional um, in, in what it is that we're, we're doing. Talking about those time blocks, I love when there's a meeting scheduled for an hour and maybe it ends five minutes early and then everyone celebrates the fact, oh, you have your time back. But no one ever apologizes for stealing it from you in the first place. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> it's so true. But, but, but John, af shortly after you joined and you started employing that, like I, I took the, you know, it was after one of our conversations, I, mean, I, I took a lot of you, what you do to heart as well, to the point where, like, I really only try to schedule meetings on like two and a half days a week and reserve the rest of the time for actually getting stuff done and being able to concentrate. Because one of the things with what we do is, we can't necessarily always do what we do in half hour blocks. It takes us time to get into like that, that really focused state. And I know for me, it takes sometimes 45 minutes to really get into something. And then it's like, okay, I don't want to stop. And if meetings were spread throughout the week, I'm not getting anything done. So yeah, one of the things I did was I took to heart what you do is uh, grouping meetings together. I have a majority of my client meetings on Monday. It sets the tone for the week. And it also, that, that that's where we kind of set our plan for the week. 
Tuesdays are fairly free. Thursday afternoons are free. And Fridays, like, I don't schedule any meetings Friday. Like, that's my time to wrap up the week. That's my time to work on um, other things that have just been kind of like on the back burner that I want to get done. So I'm kind of rambling at the point at the moment now, but like, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. There's definitely, and there's definitely like a, there's a cost to context switching too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's important. There's a lot of strategies. I feel like blocking time off and, you know, maybe grouping types of clients together or, or whatnot, a, a lot of different ways to experiment with it as well. As long as you're intentional. Again, I think that's, yeah. I mean, that's the key word of, of this conversation is that oftentimes we just let work come at us. And it's really hard to have a proper balance if we're just reacting. And, and, and when you do that, you tend to be in kind of the emergency mode where you're just reacting to everything that's happening. And it's really difficult to have balance in those type of scenarios. But for the most part, we, we don't work in an emergency room. And I don't think a lot of people in businesses work in an emergency room. And there are times where you have to be in that mindset. But I think it was Evan again that had talked about this, uh, the difference between being an ER doctor and being a, um, a doctor in the operating room. And like you take a very different mentality at it. And for the most part in business, we're, we're in the operating room. It's very well designed and intentional and scheduled and very very rarely should we have to react and be in an emergency situation. But I think the default, and I think it's just a human default, is that we're, we're reactors to things. We're in that emergency scenario where we're just reacting to things that happen. And we have to force ourselves to be deliberate, to be intentional for how we're designing our day. Because again, for us in the business world, most of us should be OR doctors. We should be very deliberate in designing what it is that we're doing and and have those things done and and i just don't think most of us take advantage of that whether it's the environment that we work in or just again we've been conditioned to do the opposite but that would be my number one takeaway and recommendation for people is that you should have the power to be more deliberate in designing your day you know and i often hear from people where they say things like i love what you guys are doing i want to be a part of something like that i'm like well have you asked have you asked your boss, can I do X, Y, and Z, or just started doing it and see what happens? And the answer is usually no, you know, that's not how it works. But what's the harm in at least asking, you know, at least trying to put some of these things in play. And, and ultimately, someone can't tell you to not be deliberate, not be intentional. And if they are, then you're probably at the wrong employer anyway. And so, you know, just taking a little bit of your time and, and, and taking that visual uh, into appreciation that, I can be the designer of, of my day and sure things are going to happen, but it's up to me and how I react to that. And I don't have to react to everything as an emergency. Absolutely. Jim, you're perplexed. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of like, you know, we're, 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 again, just another <laughs> mic drop moment. It's just, okay, we're done. But it came too early. We have like five more minutes left to record. Yeah, but to John's point, why are we keeping meetings going for an hour? Exactly. We're, <laughs> yeah. well, I, 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 we're just filling time now. Yeah. <laughs> You're wasting um, my time. But no, it, it's funny you bring that up. I, I had a client at one point where their default was they would schedule a meeting for an hour, whether we needed an hour or not. We get on there and we'd solve things in like 20 minutes, and like we'd have an agenda going in. This is what we're, you know, this is what we're looking to talk about, and then we 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 take care of it, and then, and then you turn around and say, okay, what else do you want to talk about? I'm like, well, how, how we're we're done 40 minutes early and. We, we can go do other stuff now. And, 
you know, that, that, that drove me nuts. Like, no, let's, let's not schedule a meeting for an hour by default. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I think we, we covered a lot of really useful stuff and, and maybe that is a good place to, to wrap it up. And I, yeah. I would just, I would just say, you know, I would challenge anybody listening today that having balance is, is critically important. And it's something that you absolutely should be working towards. It's something that we work towards all the time. And while I think, you know, there's an outside perspective of what work and life is like at 33 sticks, it's never perfect. We're constantly trying to to do better uh, and make sure we have that, that proper balance of things. But I, I would recommend that everyone take two or three things in their work life that they can be more intentional about. And, and make a list and start a plan of how can I be more intentional about some of these things. And really, I think the items are less important than setting down the path of I'm going to change my mindset from being reactionary to being more intentional in, in how I approach my day. And I think that goes a long way. Sure, it helps to have an environment where having that, that proper balance is something that is supported and is talked about. But even if you don't have that I think you can, as an individual, have a tremendous impact on your day by, again, I think John's word is the golden word for this episode is just being intentional about how you address your day. Agreed. So I think that that's the the spot to, to wrap up for today. So we won't fill any more time then. So with that, um, John, unless you have anything else to, to, to add, well, let's go ahead and, uh, wrap up for now now let's do it cool <laughs> all right guys i uh, will catch you later then bye thank you for listening to this week's episode we hope you enjoyed it if you'd like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at www.33sticks.com. The 33 Tangents podcast is a production of 33 Sticks.